0: Today we got a very special episode with Tucker Wells, who is the head of training and com- and careers at ACRE, or Acre, or Adventures of Commercial Real Estate, depending how you say it. But um, I love that we are having a conversation because I've actually been a fan of Acre for quite a while. When I was first figuring out real estate a couple years ago, I went. I'd always go onto the website and you know download all their models and play around with them and try to figure out what they do. So. If you are in the real estate industry, you might have heard of them and might have played with their models, but definitely recommend doing that. But uh, that's not what we're going to talk about today necessarily. Um, we want to talk today about careers and how to get the job of your dreams and generally you know what's available for you in the, the real estate industry. So Tucker, welcome onto the show.
1: Thanks, man. Happy to be here.
0: Sweet. Well, uh, as always, I'd like to start by asking, what's your first milestone in real estate?
1: Yeah, so uh, like like Ben said, my background isn't necessarily in commercial real estate. It's kind of been on the outside. So the burst, the, the first big milestone I actually had was um, my senior year, Ben, of college. I went to Southern Methodist University. <clears throat> um, Southern Methodist University, we actually put together a team for a real estate case competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was me and a few other buddies, and um, we flew all the way to Southern California, and there was teams from all over the country, UT, Singapore, um, Wisconsin, probably like 12 teams. And we got past the first round on a development case study that they gave us, which was 24 hours, and 24 hours notice ahead of time. And so we were basically pulling an all-nighter, flying, and then giving – a few presentations. And what happened was I I went first for the speaking because I'm not really like the finance guy or the engineering person. I can kind of like get people enthusiastic about what we were selling and the vision of our, uh, of our development. And we ended up getting past like all these rounds. The last round was everyone was in there, big room of about 150 people. And I mean, we just crushed it. And that was like my first introduction into whoa. um, Number one, I can sell. Number two, like I love real estate and the development process and the financial process, but mostly the people. Um, And then we ended up getting second place to USC, and so you know they got the home field advantage; they take home the W. But uh, we got a three thousand dollar check from it, and it just really taught me number one the value of teamwork. And how real estate like you need a team whether that's a capital markets person a brokerage person you and i were chatting about uh you know kind of offline before this and you know big deals requires a big team and so you have to work in a team and so that led me to my first client actually in recruiting And so, uh, you know, I was at a networking event and that milestone led into my first big client of which I placed 14 people there, uh, really all students in commercial real estate. And then that led into more headhunting and more headhunting. And so that milestone, man, it just keeps on getting bigger. It keeps on uh, having new milestones. I mean, like we just spoke about ACRE, we were in Los Angeles and San Francisco last week. Uh, throwing parties talking to universities having business meetings and I'm literally headed to New York tomorrow to do the same thing and so the milestones never stop then and <laughs> um, and I appreciate you having this podcast
0: yeah well I appreciate you coming on and that's a it's a fun story for sure and um, yeah but like on that note kind of can you tell us a little bit more about what you do um, as a career kind of how your career path has progressed and um, you know kind of what role you serve in the industry, which is clearly a very, you know, important role given the importance of relationships and the importance of good teams in this business. But yeah, I just want to hear more, a little little more about that.
1: So I was a college swimmer and um, on scholarship, my coach basically told me I couldn't get a job internship in commercial real estate because I needed to swim during the summer. Mm. And if you're listening to this right now, no matter If you're an athlete, um, if you are working second jobs, it it doesn't matter. You need a commercial real estate internship. And unfortunately, I couldn't get that. And so I had to quit the swim team in order to get a job in commercial real estate. And that was hard for me because I loved swimming and I was good at it. Uh, And I had to give up a big scholarship. And so, Ben, that led me to make my mess, kind of my message, And so all I did my senior year of college was help athletes get jobs in commercial real estate and the real estate club. And so that like I had a fire for helping people get their first job in commercial real estate. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, I was again, a senior in college. We were talking offline about this beforehand. I was president of the real estate club. I felt like I needed a job. I needed to sign early. I needed that big bonus check. So I took the first job that came to me, Um, and that was one of the largest gas stations in the country, and they've got about 1,600 locations, um, and my job was real estate development. I moved all the way to Arkansas to do this from Dallas, Texas, and I quit within four months. It was um, not a bad experience, but I had so much fun recruiting and helping college students get their first jobs that that's where I needed to be. And so some of you, some of, some of you guys listening to this, you guys might have a lot of fun doing something, and are in a job just you know getting by, getting by, getting by. And my biggest advice is quit and go full time in what you love. Um, that doesn't always work for some people, and uh, you know it might not be the best advice, but that's the advice I would give because I, you know, put put happiness above like just kind of getting by and being average. Um, so that was kind of like part two, I quit my job, ben. Uh Part three, like I said, the milestone was I got my first client. You know, I'm always networking. I want to learn who the players are, who's doing what, uh, what teams are growing, what deals are happening. And I quickly learned that, well, recruitment's actually pretty easy. Companies have this need right here. Candidates, students, career transitioners, you know, good candidates, they have problems in their career, and they need to get here. And so I was that bridge, Ben. I wanted to find great candidates who are looking and great employers who were also looking. And my job was to connect them. And so for the first two years of my career, all I did was help college students get jobs, internships, and <clears throat> entry-level jobs. Then, uh, then my mentor was like, Tucker, you need to learn uh, the business, So I went to go work for the ninth largest search firm in the world, K Bassman out of Dallas, Texas. And I started placing, you know, VPs of development, um, basically directors and above. And that gave me the ability to, number one, like talk with high level people, know what they're looking for, know what the problems they still face are. um, And again, just do what I'm doing on a bigger level. And it wasn't until COVID that I realized, wait i don't want to be working with people who are you know 15 plus years older than me in the business i'm 28 i want to be working with young interns analysts associates helping them get in the business and so um adventures in cre came about i was calling candidates every day making those 60 phone calls a day ben if you weren't interested in my job i'd say all right cool you're not interested in my job how can i help you you know what, what, what kind of trainings are you taking? What podcasts are you listening to? Uh, what are you reading? So again, I'm, I think like an entrepreneur. And so I want to know what, Ben, are you doing to get better? And ACRE kept coming. Um, I kept hearing about it. And all of a sudden I'm like, all right, dude, who are these guys? I keep hearing about their training program. Um, let me cold call Spencer Burton, the co-founder. He lived in Dallas at the time. So I cold called him, Uh, he sent me back an email, we met up, we developed a good relationship. And it was kind of like, hey, I'm gonna send people your way. I didn't never ask for a single dime. Um, And you're gonna send me people who finish your program and I'm gonna see if I can place them in jobs. And that was the start of our relationship. Then COVID really happened, no universities were in school. And I was like, wow, this is a perfect time to get our accelerator program which is our financial modeling training program, into universities. It's online, it's self-paced, and universities are like, whoa, we've never had something like this happen. All of our kids are at home, uh, you know, in their apartments, but they're not on campus taking classes. And so it was a great opportunity for our accelerator program to get introduced to a lot of universities. Um, And that was kind of like step three, Again, so you can see a pattern with me, it's do something I like, uh, maybe take a job, eventually quit the job, um, mm-hmm. maybe take another job, but, you know, I want to continue to learn. And, you know, this is the Milestone podcast and some companies, you're going to hit a, a, a wall and you can either like, you know, continue to hit that wall. You can go through it. You can run through it. Um. And so everyone that I talk with kind of who's looking for a new job, they have a pain and, you know, that pain is, is really, Hey, I'm not getting more responsibilities. Um, you know, my commute's too long, uh, pay isn't enough. Um, leadership is poor. And so, you know, I want to learn throughout my career, how to help people like that. Um, and that's kind of our mission at ACRE is really to help, our readers, which we've got about 1.5 million a year now, uh, you know, help them be more confident when it comes to real estate financial modeling, and help them, you know, increase their skills, which will lead to a new job or a better job. And so that's kind of ACRE and introduction to ACRE.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great, um, great story and a uh, lot to, a lot to unpack there. I definitely want to talk about ACRE, but um, I do also want to learn a little bit more about the recruiting business and like how that works. Cause I, um, you know, I've spoken to recruiters before, cause I, I know that they have good access to the job market and they know who's hiring and they just have a lot of expertise and connections and um, good source of information. Um, but a lot of them are not looking to help me in a business sense because, you know, a lot of people are focused on just the vice presidents and above. I'm kind of curious, you know, why is that the case? How does like the recruiting business operate from like a a business perspective? And um, you know, if you could just kind of characterize that.
1: So ACRE is now beginning to work with interns and analysts specifically because no recruiter, no headhunter works with anyone who has less than a year years worth of experience. Right. Yeah. The business works and it's, a really cool career, if anyone's interested in it. Um, recruiters make thirty percent of a candidate's first year's compensation. So Ben, you start at a company in a year making a hundred grand um, I place you there. The company pays me thirty thousand dollars. So you do not have to look for the company. Um, you you know automatically get an interview with the company if you're good enough, and we help negotiate your salary, your starting date, your comp package. like it's, a good deal for both you and the employer. Um, so, again, recruiters make 30% of a candidate's base salary, but recruiters cannot place someone who has probably less than 15 to 18 months of experience in commercial real estate. And that's just because they're not proven. Um, you know, Floyd Mayweather, a 51 and, 51 and 0 fighter, he has a proven track record of winning. But when you're an intern, when you're an analyst, and you have, you know, zero to 12 months experience, you don't really have a proven tracker, you don't have a big network, you haven't seen a lot of deals. And so it's kind of like, I'm not gonna waste $30,000 trying to hire that person, Mm -hmm. when I can hire someone more experienced who will bring more value in terms of their network and um, deal seasoning. So Mm -hmm. that's how the business works. Uh, We want to change that. We want to make it easier for companies to find great people like yourself. Who are out there networking Who are doing podcasting uh who are starting real estate clubs so props to you and we want to help you you know get to wherever you want and so that's our goal at acr we want to find sharp you know college students who are passionate uh who are skilled who are proficient who are professional and we want to help them get jobs
0: yeah well we appreciate you greatly and um it's uh definitely you know people i guess like me and people who you know are really interested in the industry and and ambitious, you know, they have like a lot of motivation and a lot of, um, I guess, just like passion and and eagerness. Right. But um, it's all like, that is the, like something pushing you, but then how to funnel it and how to use that is something that takes a lot of process, uh, like takes a lot of, you know, trial and error and ways of honing over time, which is weird because, you know, there's only a one year period when you're, a senior recruiting for a full-time job or you're a junior recruiting for an internship. So it's hard to, you know, get that experience and then be the one who uses it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me,
1: can I touch real quick on something? Yeah, yeah. You talked about trial and error. And so uh, how, how can someone get trial and error, like experience really quickly? Um, when we were speaking at Cal in person last week, there was a freshman in, 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 who, who was uh, at Cal. He already had an internship in mm-hmm. brokerage. And so let's just say, you know, he's a sophomore year, sophomore or senior year, high school. He has an internship freshman year. He has an internship sophomore year. He has an internship junior year. He has an internship. That's four experiences. He could go brokerage, private equity, construction and development and say, I didn't like any of them. Let's go try Mm -hmm. acquisitions. Let's try asset management. Let's try recruiting. Let's try training. Let's try property management like I think the biggest mistake some people make in their careers is they don't quit their job quick enough. Like I told you with the first job I took, I quit within four months. Um, I knew I didn't want to be there. So I said, I'm not going to waste my time being there because it not only wastes my time, Ben, it also wastes the company's time because I'm not producing like I should. And so that's like one of the biggest pieces of advice I have for Uh, maybe some college students um, who are like, you know, zero to three years in their career, like move on quick, you know, trial and error, quick, quick, quick. You fall down, you get back up. Um, You don't like your job, you get a new one. And, you know, the first question is, Oh, it's going to look bad on my resume. What looks worse on your resume is if you're at your company for two years and you're not moving up at all and you're not getting better. You're not getting more skilled. And so you're actually holding yourself back. Sorry, I, I'm pretty passionate about this, as you can see. So, um, you know, I just wanted to touch base on your trial and error point.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point. I want to take it a little farther that, you know, being in college is a great opportunity to do a lot of trials, right? Internships are like a three-month period. You can do those over the summer. You can do them during the year. You can have three internships in one year, which is definitely something I've done before. But the most valuable thing about trial and error is that, you know, you could you could. Do, spend all your time sitting down at your desk and thinking about development and thinking about brokerage and thinking about um, acquisitions. But like, you really don't know if you like it or not until you try it or you collect more data. Cause like, you know, what we have in our brain is only as limited as the experience we've had or, you know, the Mm -hmm. knowledge that we've collected. So in terms of trial and error, like using process of elimination to figure out what you want to do is all is really powerful. Cause to know what you don't want to do is one step closer to knowing what you do want to do so i definitely recommend trying things out and um i guess college is a great opportunity for that because of internships and you know because you also are you know your full time job is to be a student but um you know you have the opportunity to do go above and beyond so um that's definitely a powerful point
1: yeah and and what that looks like on a practical level all right so adventures in syria we're all about practicality like learning and then implementing it so there was um uh, my senior year of college, uh, I – one of the board members of the real estate program at SMU, he was um, like one of the best developers here. And I was like, I want to be a developer and develop these big, sexy buildings. Mm-hmm. And um, so I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, can I get coffee with you? And you know that it, it went for a few months. I finally got coffee with him. And when I met with him, Ben, I asked him, which was so hard hey, can I shadow you for a day? Like, who does that? Who actually has someone shadow them for a day? But number one, like, who actually asked that? The person who asked that, like, they're hungry. They want to learn. They got out of their comfort zone because that was not easy to ask him that. He said, Tucker, um, I'm actually having a meeting with the American Airlines executive team right now. We're building their $450 million campus in Irving. Um, we're meeting with the owners, the architects, and the construction team. How about you come to it? And I was like, Wait, really? Like I just asked for this, and you have something for me right now? And that was my first like, Whoa! I now just saw what a developer does. And you know, developer man, as you can see, owner, architect, construction meeting. They they make everything happen. And so did I want to have that pressure on myself and get into development and make everything happen and have like 14 moving pieces? Some people say, yeah, go for it. Other people are like, dude, I just want to be good at one thing. And like, that's it. And so you can get that exposure pretty quick by consistently networking with people, asking them to shadow, having calls with them. Uh, And that's what I recommend as practical advice to your listeners is hey, have those conversations. What does the day in the life look like of a broker? You're making 60 calls. What is the day in the life of a recruiter look like? You're making 60 calls. What is the day in the life of a real estate private equity analyst at Grow Holdings look like? You know, we had a webinar with them the other day and you had an interview with them. So it's asking those questions to realize, is this what I wanna do or is this not what I wanna do? And um, yeah, that's what I'd say.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's even how I kind of, you know, confirmed my interest in real estate, where I knew I liked real estate, but just not knowing everything is out there, I kind of like, you know, started by calling investment bankers, even and calling management consultants and asking them about their days in their life. And then kind of thinking, like, huh, there's like some things that they do and some parts of their business that don't seem to fit as well with what I want to learn and what I want to do. And even like just the process of elimination of, like, you know, sometimes you can get enough data, enough information from, you know, a simple conversation with a couple of people in a, in a specific industry. And then you can take that even now where it's like a specific part of a specific industry. So definitely um, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Being in college is a great excuse for people to want to talk to you. You know, people want like to give back and help, but um, yeah, definitely don't be afraid to reach out. Almost all the best opportunities I've had was from from cold outreach. And I think that's even how I got in touch with Tucker.
1: yeah and that's how i got in touch with acre cold outreach
0: yeah so um on that note what are some of the things you advise to students who are looking for Well, not looking for jobs necessarily but in the recruitment process maybe with interviews maybe with you know trying to get interviews once they know where they want to go um yeah like what advice would you give to make that process easier more seamless more effective and um yeah just open to whatever you got there I'm sure you got quite a bit
1: yeah so I'm gonna uh, keep it really simple uh I'm gonna ask you a question Ben Mm -hmm. what's the first question when you're in an interview that you get asked
0: um walk me through your resume tell me a little bit about yourself
1: tell me about yourself is the answer So how can you like show that you're the most prepared candidate when that question get asked? Because it's always that question. Hey, thanks for, you know, why are you here today? Tell me about yourself. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Walk me through your resume. Again, you're in control of the conversation. You don't even have to answer their question. And so how I kind of coach students and candidates when, when this question is getting asked is when you say, tell me about yourself, I want to be able to say, hey, you know, thank you so much for having me here. I've spoken with three current analysts on your team about what it's like to work at your company. Their names are Sarah, John, and Dan. They've told me you guys are working on this project in East Dallas. They told me they actually just disposed of a project in uh, near Tulane University. Uh, and lastly, they told me the corporate culture here is awesome. You guys have a gym. You guys have a barbershop. Uh, you guys have teen dinners. You guys actually go out into the community and serve the homeless. And that just speaks to me. And here's why. And so if I heard that coming from a current college student and I was interviewing them, like, boom, hire on the spot. Mm-hmm. And why that's the case is because they're obviously the most prepared. Because what current college students do, they go about it this way. Tell me about yourself. Oh, well, I'm a senior in college. Uh, I go to Tulane University, and I've had two internships uh, in real estate, development, and acquisitions. And I'm, um, I'm really self-motivated. I... Um, I uh, you know, have a lot of friends over here in commercial real estate, and I'm really passionate about being in the industry. Uh, that's a little bit about myself. And so, again, you're keeping it selfish. You know, the problem is the company you're interviewing for, they have a need. And by you saying, hey, I've spoken to everyone on your team and I understand the need, and again, selling yourself as "Hey, I am the person who's going to help with that need," like that's how it works. That's how you get hired. That's the biggest. Um, that's the biggest piece of advice I give. So again, let's break it down real quick. Then you need to prepare. So if you're not having two to five networking calls a week as a current college student, <clears throat> you're setting yourself up to fail, because when you get in that interview, you're not going to know anyone at their company. And so that's the biggest thing I tell people is, hey, network with everyone, follow up with everyone, keep them on an email list, hit them up, you know, once or twice a month with a new article or an update or a podcast or a um, or uh, something I learned about my internship or I just graduated from my university kind of thing. And, you know, keep them in the loop. Keep poking them, poke them, poke them, you know, sales, it's sales. You want a job, you got to sell yourself um sales are really made on the 7th through 12th follow-up and so you know how are you putting them in front of yourself so um again that's probably my biggest tip is you know continually network so you can prepare for the interview um if you want to break down this common phrase luck luck equals preparation plus opportunity and you're preparing by reaching out to people um you know the opportunity that you got May may have happened through your preparation, or may have happened through a job board or ACRE or handshake, and then you got lucky by getting the job. And people are always like, "Oh, Ben, you know, you got the job. It came so easy to you." And I would look at that as, "Dude, I have fifty plus podcasts. I started a real estate club. Uh, I network with X amount of people a week." Like, no, dude, I prepared for the opportunity. So don't th- don't say I'm lucky, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry to go on a soapbox, but that's what I'd
0: have to say. It's all good. And, yeah, I mean, even even with all I would do to prepare, it's not always, you know, the easiest thing. Like, you know, everything takes work. And, um, you know, definitely important not to expect results without putting in the work that should lead to those results, whether or not there's an element of, you know, like serendipity that plays a role, you know, because really the more you can do to control that, the the more likely your outcome is going to be in your favor regardless.
1: Yeah, Ben, what you'll see is, you know, in one, three, five, 30 years, you'll do deals with those people you networked with in college. And so I always think of the recruitment process, because again, the recruitment process, man, it's anxiety ridden. It's uh, am I good enough? Am I going to get rejected? If you can think of it like, hey, man, like these are people I'm going to just do business with one day. I'm just trying to meet friends. And so, you know, in year three, I I hit up this lawyer guy when I was in college and, oh crap, he's in my database and I know him or he's on my LinkedIn friends. Like I've already networked with him. He'll take my call. So that's how I like to think about the recruitment process is like, Hey, I'm doing business with this guy, whether it's now or whether it's 30 years from now, I'm doing business with him.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It's definitely a awesome part about real estate, the relationship business, how you know, it seems like you run into the same people over and over, and it's it's even happens when I'm not, I'm not even I'm still still in college, not even that deep. But even you know, I I make I play the connection game with people I meet. You know, it's not the hugest industry, even though it's <laughs> the biggest asset of the class. But um, I mean, in terms of networking, we everyone hears the the trope: uh, your network is your net worth. But I know, um, yeah. So so I mean, it's two parts of the question I would have is you know a lot of people. Kind of feel like networking can be transactional and kind of are you know have a feel like a little bit of dis disingen- or disingenuity with the whole idea of networking, which I want to definitely <clears throat> cut that down. But also um the initial outreach uh, is one piece that is where a lot of the fear lies for people. So I wanted to know if you have any advice for that initial point of contact and how to how to make that.
1: So you're right. It totally is transactional. It's <laughs> like. It's like a hinge date and you match with them <laughs> and you're like, Oh, great. Like, Hey, what's up? Can I get your number? Let's go on a date. That's super transactional. So is this process, but we'll eventually you'll find the hinge route is like, wow. Like I actually liked that person. You know, we had calmer interests. We had common values. We were physically attracted to each other. We had, uh, you know, again, you're going to make them your girlfriend or boyfriend. All right. And so you might have went on fifteen dates and matched with a hundred people and actually had one girlfriend. Again, you know, hundred people in the funnel, fifteen dates, one girlfriend. Well, it's the same thing with networking. You know, like I networked with a hundred people, fifteen of them I actually talked to, had conversations with, went out to coffee with, saw them at a networking event, and one person is my employer. And I want to work with that one person who is super cool, who. Uh, I aligned with whether that's mission, vision, values, just like on the girlfriend side or boyfriend side, same thing on this side. So yeah, everything it's, it's super transactional, but you're going to find those 15 people who like you like, but you're going to really find that one who you love and I'd go, I'd go, I'd go work for them and I'd marry them. Um, yeah, that's point number one. Um, Point number two, the initial reach out. So I remember when I was, um, uh, you know, in college, and every time I wrote out an email, like my armpit Um The email had to be perfect. It had to be long. It had to show some customization. And it took me 30 to 45 minutes. I had to grammar check it. I sent it to my mom. Hey, can you read this over? You know, how much, how many people can I hit up if I'm spending 45 minutes per email, like slim to none to maybe three people a week? Well, you should be reaching out to five people a day. That's 25 people a week. You should be copying and pasting the same message. I would add them on LinkedIn, say, Hey, my name's Ben. I'm a student at X university. I came across your background and I love to see that you're in asset management. Do you have 15 minutes to talk with me? Thanks, Ben. Like literally copy and paste that to 25 people a week. You'll get, I don't know, 17 responses. 13 people will actually get on a phone call with you. And um, boom, if you do that 52 weeks a year times 13, that's a lot of people up in this top pipeline. Some of them will ask you to interview. You'll have four job offers at the end and you can pick and choose which one you want to be. So, um, you know, it's October 11th today. The recruitment process has started. Um, You really do need to be reaching out to 25 people a week in the market where you want to live. Ben, Um, don't send hey, Mr. Four Paragraphs Later customized message. You know, it's a transactional process. You want to find those people who you like and connect with and um, you want to go work with them. So Mm -hmm. that's how you eliminate, number one, like not having a job at the end of the year. That's how you eliminate fear. Um, by just copying and pasting, and that's what I'd say about the transactional nature of the recruitment process.
0: Yeah, I mean, like in terms of like the the transactional aspect, it's like you're not out here just taking something from them. Like these people are looking for the best candidate, They're looking for the hungry person. They're looking for like you know they they need to hire someone, right? Um, and they also want to do business people in the future, right? They 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 value networking, so it's not like you're just here asking for their time or like wasting their time <clears throat> if you're like the right person you solve their problem they don't have to go out there interview a bunch of random people you are a good person who fits what they need and you came to them like you you make it so much easier like you provide a lot of value like more than you could even imagine for some of these people so um you know in terms of you know i, I don't want to think about it as too transactional because there is the aspect of you know just relationships making friends like it's not a transaction like we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm not expecting a result now from this person, nor am I offering something now, but we're opening up the possibility of a very, you know, profitable, um, enjoyable relationship for the future, which is, you know, invaluable in the, in, in this industry and in any industry.
1: Yeah. You tied it up. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, guess on that you ready for the, actually, before we go to the lightning round, um, I just wanted to give you a chance, uh, uh, one last chance to kind of tell us a little bit more about, what uh, acre does and um you know how students can get involved
1: so adventures in cre ACRE, acre adventures um we are a website it started off as a blog just sharing free financial models and it's turned into something that's really cool ben uh we've got about 70 institutional quality models that students can download for free um Again, our goal is to teach practicality. Hey, what are you actually going to do on the job? And we're going to teach you how to do it so you can evolve in your career faster. You could see more deals. Um, hopefully, it leads into more success. Um, but you guys can just go to adventuresincre.com. Uh, 99.9% of all of our content is 100% free. YouTube, TikTok, et cetera. Uh, we have a one- paid training program most universities actually supplement it for their students so if you're a student listening to this ask your university if um they they will supplement it for you uh but again ben all that we want to do is help our help our readers get jobs so go to the site uh, you know check in a few articles if you're interested you could go to you know our career connections program which actually you fill out a profile um, and and that profile you're 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 going to be connected with employers that we work with, and uh, if you guys um, you know want to reach out to me, you can feel free on LinkedIn. Uh, but that's really the goal of Adventures in CRE is to help our readers uh, you know learn more and get jobs.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And honestly, it's pretty funny because um, now to think about it, uh, ACRE was definitely a milestone for me because I remember the first time I downloaded a model, I was like, I had nowhere, I didn't really have it. I you know I just wanted to learn modeling from kind of from scratch from from nothing and I was like okay where do I start like understand these concepts but like it really helps to have some backing some like basis for you know why you're making assumptions or like you know how to even connect these different things so it really was a milestone when I first downloaded one of the ACRE models maybe like three or four years ago um, and kind of reconstructed it and I think a lot. That, that's kind of the foundation of a lot of my real estate modeling information and, and knowledge. And I actually, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> proud of my abilities in the in the industry. And definitely, you know, started with with that uh, recreation of, of a of a very good model. So, um,
1: well, that's that's how the accelerator program started, which is our paid program. Because Spencer and Michael, I mean, they literally put out so many models online, and people kept asking them, "Hey, where do I start?" And so the accelerator program was born with, Hey, if I had to learn this all over again, where would I start? What are each milestones? How can each milestone build upon each other? And what do I need? And the end goal of our accelerator program is to help people build models from scratch. Because the problem is that when most people get into their company, they're given a model and you're just plug in playing numbers all day. Um, you want to be able to look at that model and recreate it, add creative financing strategies, uh, you know, change some levers, pull some levers. But if you actually don't know what's going on, then you're not going to be able to do that. And so that's what we teach in the accelerator program um, is literally how to build real estate models from scratch.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really important, especially given like if you don't understand the model, you couldn't improve it. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going wrong if something doesn't make sense. And also it's like, you're not building the critical thinking skills. Yeah, that's it.
1: You know, that's what I'm
0: realizing. It's like the fact that I, like, I just, like, was working with someone who's learning for the first time this this summer in my internship. And, And, you know, it was great that he had this experience to learn for the first time. But ultimately, when we were doing the same role, I was getting so much out of it because I was applying. Like, why is this happening? Why are we doing this? Where he was just like, okay, how do I do this? How does Excel work? Like, you know, and it's like, he learned a lot, but I, like, really understood what was going on in the, the lending business and it was, it was amazing. So, um, definitely recommend doing that. But uh, you ready for the lightning round?
1: I am. Let's go. Sweet.
0: Let's do it. So what superpower would you want? If you could choose any superpower?
1: Oh, uh, I'd be the flash. I'd be the fastest man alive.
0: That's mine as well. I love that. Speed <laughs> it, Speed kills. Speed's awesome. Go get uh... a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it sucks when you have to wait for your food to arrive, you know, <laughs> go go pick it up instantly <laughs>
1: yeah well i think it's interesting warren buffett and bill gates said if they could have one superpower they'd be the fastest readers um mm-hmm. and so like if you if you're the fastest man alive you can read quick
0: yeah hopefully <laughs> sweet so what is your favorite book or what's the one that's helped you the most on that note
1: i'm reading shoe dog right now um shoe dog is by phil knight and uh, who's the founder of nike i'm um I'm a I'm big into fitness and athletics, and my family's all from Oregon. Um, but the book is super good because Phil Knight is a 25 year old person who loves the shoe business, and you know everyone in his life is, "Hey, go get a real job! Go get a real job! Don't start this little company." So he works at Price uh, PwC, Price Waterhouse Cooper, one of the top four accounting firms. And he works there for four years and he's doing his side hustle, um, but he travels the world, man. He he works in his business. He works days and nights and mornings and evenings and weekends and holidays. And uh, he's just relentless. And after five years, he actually quits his job and he goes full time in it. And so um, it's just a, an encouraging story and um, I for sure recommend it.
0: Awesome. I love it. So what motivates you to continue every day?
1: It's a really good question. Um, I'm, I'm really strong in my faith. And, um, you know, I believe like that's, you know, I, I need to be at my best every day. Um, whether it's like faith, my family, um, you know, others, you know, you got to think about others is more important than yourself or kind of like pride and ego take over. And so, you know, that's kind of like what I learned in the recruiting business. I don't want to work with all these 15 plus year old people. Um, I want to work with current students where I can't really make money off of them. Quite, quite honestly, I really can't. Um, However, like it's giving back an exponential rate. And therefore I have a lot of friends and I believe like one time, like that'll accumulate, 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 and hopefully I will be able to make money. But um, again, like, I want to work with people who who are young, like me. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really what keeps me going.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, you're definitely swimming in a blue ocean, so kudos to you. Um, so, what advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? You know we've touched on some stuff, but if there's any way of pulling it all together,
1: yeah, go for it. Um, you know, like if you want to do something, do it. You know, I quit. Uh, um, like my, my, uh, on the swim team, I gave up a scholarship. I didn't tell my parents and I had to take out a student loan. I quit my job. I didn't tell my parents. Like, I feel like people are going to be holding you back, whether it's teachers, yourself, your parents, your family, your grandma, your grandpa, like people will hold you back. And if you don't like say, no, I'm going to go do it. um, Then you'll, you'll be continual held back your entire life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in that know, like, find your values and have those drive like, your true values, and have that drive how you make your decisions. It's so a definitely sounder, more, more uh, fulfilling place to draw your advice from, if, or filter your advice through. It's the kind of a way of I think about it. Great. Well, lastly, since I put you on the spot, I want to give you a chance for revenge. So, what's one question you have for me? <laughs> um geez not to put you on the spot also
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh if you could see um a bob marley subline or fish and have them in concert and then um have uh have dinner with them who would you choose
0: you know that's really hard because i love going to fish concerts and they're a great band um but it is, like, two of my biggest regrets in life is being born after uh, Bradley Knowles and Bob Marley died. Like, it just is like, wow, I wish I had the opportunity to see them when they are alive. And same goes with Jerry Garcia. Um, So it would have to be one of them. Um, And honestly, I'd have to go with Bob Marley. I mean, (laughs) he's just a special person. Like, he's, you know, just... such an inspiration and such a um just uh, his message is so so pure and uh so so inspiring to me like when whenever I'm down I can reach out to Bob Marley and uh he'll give me the wisdom I need um you know I love the song Redemption Song and uh that song always you know always reminds me of the beauty of life um so it has to, it has to be Bob Marley um, and you know, I'm sure we can get uh have some a good time in Jamaica together, uh, <laughs> get some good food, and um, you know, I love the love the culture there too. It's a uh, part of my part of my family is, is Jamaican as well, and I, I love I love thinking I love uh going back there and and appreciating the culture.
1: Well, I need to I need to head up Jamaica,
0: yeah, it's one of the they, one
1: of the Caribbean islands I haven't been to.
0: Wow, yeah, I mean, just the water is so clear, you can see all the way down. Wherever you are, you can see all the way down to the quarry for the bottom, if they're hopefully still there. So well, yeah, well, thanks,
1: thank you for having me on here today. I appreciate it.
0: Right, well, I appreciate you coming on, Tucker. It's a great conversation, and I know that this will be a big help for everyone who listens. Um, so on that, Tucker and everyone, keep making milestones. Before you go, I just wanted to say thanks again for tuning in to another awesome episode of Real Estate Milestones. If you've been enjoying the show and you'd like to offer your support please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to increase the show's visibility and help the message get out to a greater audience. I really appreciate your time and support, and keep making milestones.
1: The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts.